blessings upon our beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, upon his family, his companions, and those who follow them until the end of time. Assalamu alaikum to everybody. Welcome to our first, uh, it's been a long time, alhamdulillah, our first Swiss um, Q&A session uh, for 2023 for our young uh, brothers and sisters. We have almost 400 teens to 500 teens enrolled in our program. So alhamdulillah, uh, we're looking forward to starting our youth programming actually after Ramadan, starting in May, the week of May um, 14th, alhamdulillah. And I'm happy to welcome our Imam, Imam Bilal Sakka. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. He's currently, uh, yeah, he's out there somewhere in the Alps or something, but alhamdulillah. <laughs> He's yeah, out there in that mountain. He's out in that mountain range. Um, but mashallah, Bilal is someone that I've known for a long time. And he is doing a lot of incredible work. So I'm gonna let him sort of introduce himself. Fadl. Right now I'm serving as the director of development for Ihsan Foundation for West Africa. And I'm also the director of youth programs for RIDA. RIDA is based in Sacramento, and it's an acronym that stands for Refugee Enrichment and Development Association. Uh, so alhamdulillah, we're trying to do uh, you know, different different things with each uh, organization. Alhamdulillah, I'll accept you know, all of our efforts and open doors and make things easy. Um, that, that, that's kind of in, in a nutshell. Uh, um, alhamdulillah, I'm happy to have been in this for for a while, I think going back to, I don't remember, middle school or something. I still have memories of, you know, some of the moments and, and some of the photos I remember in like uh, sixth or seventh grade, just the fact that Grand Theft Auto was referenced, of course, not in a positive way, but the video game that was really hot at that time was referenced in the photo. Um, I still have memories of that because the relevance. So, alhamdulillah, may Allah bless Swiss, may Allah bless all of your efforts, may Allah make it easy for Swiss to continue to blossom and grow and flourish. And, and we ask Allah to put barakah in everything related to Swiss, inshallah. Barakah. So inshallah, before we get started with um, getting a quick reminder from yourself, I wanted to do a quick check-in with everybody. We have quite a few people here today, alhamdulillah. And I wanted to, um, let me let also these people in. So let's quickly do a quick Ramadan check-in with everybody, mashallah. Um, that has shown up today. So how you can you can either raise your hand if you want to share how you're feeling and jump on, or you can also type it. But how are you guys feeling so far uh, in the month of Ramadan? How's everybody feeling? Let's, so let's do just like a quick Ramadan check-in um, and see how everybody's doing. So I'll I will start and say that Alhamdulillah, I'm 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 a little tired because I'm traveling, but so far so good. Alhamdulillah, so tired but excited. That's how I would share sort of my feeling about the month of Ramadan. Let's hear from everyone here that showed up. How are you guys feeling so far? Do quick Ramadan check-ins, inshallah. Yes, I see. I think someone has their hand up. And you can also type it, alhamdulillah, in the chat box if you're not comfortable um, sharing in the group. But we want to hear from you guys. Like. How is Ramadan going so far? Alhamdulillah. And you can even use like a one word expression. Sometimes we do that in some of our programs at Swiss. 
just like a one word expression. So I'll say, for example, that I am, I'm hopeful. And that I'm excited. I'm excited. I'll use that word. I'm excited. Excited. It's my one word expression. Who else? Let's hear from you guys. Come on. Um, you make it and break it. If you participate, alhamdulillah, it, it, it certainly makes the programs much better. So I know everyone's tired and maybe a little bit sleepy, but alhamdulillah. We'll go to you, Imam Bilal. How are you feeling? Let's do a Ramadan check in with you. Hmm. Alhamdulillah. It's, I think you hit the nail on the head. There's the tired side. <laughs> and then there's also the, the hopeful side, you know, the excited side. So it's, it's kind of, as usual, it's kind of a mix of things, but Alhamdulillah, it's it's been, you know, it's it's cliche of course to to say taking things one day at a time, but that it kind of it kind of humbles you in that way where you just you have to focus on that day. Fasting is interesting because it forces you to be present, forces you to be mindful and to be in the moment. Um, it's really grounding. Uh, so Alhamdulillah, it's been um, refreshing. It's kind of like a really good workout <laughs> where. On right. one hand, like it's tiring, but at the same time, it's satisfying in, in, in its own way. Um, just a quick announcement for all of our Swiss students. Again, we're doing Ramadan check-ins, so feel free to give like a quick, give yourself a shout out. You know what I mean? You can shout out yourself and talk about briefly, like in one word or more, how you're feeling so far in the month of Ramadan. The announcement is that on May 14th, we'll be starting our youth programming again that we had before. We're going to be going through a series called Youth Foundations for over the next um, few semesters. We're going to cover um, three foundations uh, that every Muslim has to know, and especially I think in, in, in being younger, that will really equip you to um, take off in your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to explore your relationship with faith, and to engage it but also to prepare yourself as you become older. So those three foundations will be theology. So our first semester, we'll go through a brief text on faith. Our second foundation will be on fiqh. And we'll just cover in fiqh, which is how we worship. We'll cover specifically things related to purification as well as prayer, alhamdulillah. And then our third semester, we'll go over spirituality. We'll go over the things of the heart. Um, and so we'll, we'll run this program uh, consecutively, like through three semesters, three semesters, three semesters, three semesters, uh, if you will, until like after three or four semesters, you're going to have a really strong base in your foundation. So we'll start on May 14th, which is Sunday, uh, at our old time that we used to have. Alhamdulillah, with our program, I'll be teaching it. I'm super excited on youth foundations. Before we uh, hear from our awesome, amazing guest, man, we're so happy to have you, bro. Is there anyone, quickly one more time, asking people to share, like, how are you guys feeling in the month of Ramadan so far? And you can also share even like a one word sort of reflection. Anyone want to jump in? All right. So look forward to the classroom opening up for um, our youth programming on Google. And that will be available on the app. It will be linked to what's called the Youth Foundations class. And then our classes will start together May 14th. Again, going through, through three of the really important, if you can say the fara'id foundations that you need to learn and know about as a young person. Within the context of being young and addressing some of the issues and questions that young people have. Last night we did a, subhanAllah Imam, we did a um, program at West Valley with almost 300 people, like mostly mm -hmm. young people. 
Alhamdulillah. So taking questions from people and preparing pedagogically this curriculum for you. So May 14th, um, for everyone from the ages of 13 to I think 18, we'll be starting again this program called Youth Foundations. Imam Bilal, we want to before we open it up for Q&A from all these, we have like some really, really, I see some of the old school folks I used to know back in the days when we had our early youth programs. So great to see you guys here. Ramadan Mubarak to you. Um, but before we open up to Q&A, we just wanted to see if you'd be willing to give us a brief sort of Ramadan reminder, a Ramadan rev up, if you will, that mm. will keep kind of in the zone through the month of Ramadan. Mm. So, uh, I think the, the main, um, the main concept that comes to mind, reminder of course for myself first and foremost, is that Ramadan is not, uh, it's not necessarily in Ramadan, even outside of Ramadan, but it especially ties in with Ramadan. Ramadan is not necessarily about perfection per se. It's not about perfection in and of itself, but it's about progress. It's about trying to see, okay, how can I take in my own journey? Because everyone has their own strengths their own challenges everyone has their own unique and specific relationship with Allah Azza wa Jal. Um, so it's it's a good it's a good time for each of us in our own ways to take that next baby step of coming closer to Allah Azza wa Jal. it's interesting that in the hadith Qudsi, the way the prophet describes it or the, the the I should say the wording is that if you walk towards um, that if you walk towards Allah then he runs towards you so if we just take that next step. If we take that baby step towards Allah, it's not necessarily about it being, you know, this giant leap all in one, all in one go. But can I take that next step? And then can I take the next baby step after that? And after that, after that, the 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 most important ingredient to facilitate that is if we can surround ourselves. And what's interesting nowadays, this applies to both in person and online. This is one of the things that I appreciate about Swiss and the modern world that we live in. Um, we are the company that we keep. So I need to take a step back and look at the people that I'm surrounding myself with. As I take that next baby step closer to Allah Azzawajal, am I surrounded with people who are supportive of that, who are encouraging of that, with their words, with their actions, with their own decisions and lifestyles? Or if I'm trying to walk closer towards Allah, are they holding me back? Right, so Ramadan is a really important time for us to reflect on the, the, the social company that we keep, again, both in person and online. So on Instagram, for example, which accounts are we following, right? During the month of Ramadan, is there anything that we need to change regarding our social media habits? Is there anything that we need to change regarding the accounts that we're following? Is because that when it comes to, to stuff online, when it comes to social media, for example, there, there are two sides to that point. Right. So simplify it. There's the good side and the bad side, right? What can I do regarding the the accounts that I'm following, that I'm interacting with? How am I interacting with them? For example, how is that affecting me? Right. So what what is the um what what is the 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 ecosystem socially that I'm a part of? Because that impacts me spiritually. So if I take that next baby step towards Allah. It's interesting, as Sufi Nisa Allah mentions that when, and th these are three really, uh, really succinct verses, succinct ayat, within which Allah really emphasizes tawbah, tawbah, just turn to me and I'll forgive you. Just, you know, just make that U-turn. What's interesting is 
if if we have our GPS going and we're driving somewhere, all of us at some point or another, we, we've taken the wrong exit. We've made a wrong turn. What's interesting is the UPS doesn't start shouting at you, right? It doesn't start attacking you and insulting you. And no, it it gently redirects, right? It offers us the guidance that we need, how to fix that, how to fix that wrong turn. Right. So within these ayats of Mita, Allah is guiding us towards, you know, making that U-turn. How can we get back on track? Even if we let's say we need to take 101 north, right? The freeway, but if we go on 101 south, even if you've gone hundred miles in the wrong direction, we can still make that U-turn. And that's the beauty of this um, relationship that we have with Allah. However far we've gone, we can still make that U-turn. And if we just try, we all know the story of the man who killed hundred people. He didn't even get to where he was going. He passed away along the way. But he took actual steps to show Allah that he's trying. It's not like he got to where he was trying to go. He needed a change of scenery socially. That's what the Adam advised him. That's what the scholar advised him. He didn't even get there. SubhanAllah, it's not like he got there and he built 100 orphanages, which would be awesome to make up for the 100 lives that he took. He didn't even get there. He passed away along the way but he took actual proactive steps in that U-turn. Within these ayat and Surah Nisa, Allah mentions um, that for those, So what Allah wants, what Allah wants, what Allah wants is for us to make that U-turn. But it's interesting, Allah mentions that for people who are caught up going in the wrong direction and they're just you know following their desires left and right, no shame in their game. They want to see you if you're trying to do the right thing, even if it was after a whole bunch of mistakes. When you start to do the right thing, they want to see you slip and fall. They want to see you going in the wrong direction like them. So the company that we keep, it, it plays, I know we hear it all the time, but it's cliche for a reason. It plays a huge role in simply taking that next baby step of coming, coming closer to Allah and then another baby step, then another baby step. Right. So may Allah make it easy for us to, you know, slowly walk towards him as best we can. Sorry, just because of time, we're trying to move forward. Forgive me, man. So again, alhamdulillah, I want to welcome Imam Bilal here as well as all of our young uh, brothers and sisters. And now we want to open it up to questions and answers. So uh, we have him here. I'm here as well. Um, so let's hear from you guys. Are there any questions? If you want, you can either type them in the chat box or you can ask alhamdulillah directly. Um, but we want to make sure we give time for Q&A. Are there any questions that you guys have, particularly about the month of Ramadan? Feel free to type them in the chat box or uh, raise your hand and I'll call on you, inshallah. And once again, our youth essentials of, um, or like our youth foundations class, which is really going to cover the essentials of Islamic knowledge that a Muslim needs to have, will start on May 14th, Sunday, and look for the Google Classroom to open up, I believe, maybe this evening uh, so that you can join and get started. I'm super excited to be teaching that with you guys. We're going to be going through three really important foundational things that I think are going to help you so much. So if you have any questions, you got to raise your hands, man. If you don't raise your hands, if you don't ask any questions, we're going to have to run off, man. Just, you know, go do what we were doing before um, or type it in the chat box. I'm looking at both right now for our awesome imam, inshallah, any questions that someone has. Maybe we should do something where we start calling on people. 
Nah, man, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to run away. I think everybody's just a little sleepy, man, because I'm sure last night, super retired. So here's a question from Miriam, alhamdulillah. Uh, so if I'm, if I'm playing sports, am I allowed to break my fast? If that's the Miriam that I know, man, mashallah. Nice to see you, Miriam. Hope you're doing awesome, alhamdulillah. So Miriam is asking if she's playing sports, you know, obviously she's going to start to dehydrate. Can she break her fast? Is it? Is this? Am I supposed yeah, to she's asking the people in the mountains, brother. <laughs> you know the the fresh air is is, is so nice and uh, you know good the for the good for the brain cells, the Swiss Alps, alhamdulillah. Um, Subhanallah. If like what one thing that that always comes to mind whenever uh, one of these asks this type of question. It's like, mashallah, if there's someone who's, you know, from the youth and they're even thinking in that way, that's awesome in and of itself. Just to just to have that concern is, is a sign of, you know, caring about um, your relationship with Allah, mashallah. Uh, so ideally, if someone, you know, even if they are playing sports, and uh, I think we all know people who, who either have done this, are doing this, or, you know, we know others. Um, I, ideally, the... Uh, the preference for sure would be to continue fasting. So between these two, because sports are important, but we also want to try our best to prioritize fasting as best we can. So one one incredible example, you know, is like Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, mashallah, back in the in the nineties. Um, even though I think it was during the playoffs at that time, he was still fasting. So what what's and even until now, what's I think what's needed is if someone can try to to figure out like different athletic fasting hacks like what can i have at food to help me you know through the day what can i have at bob especially regarding hydration to, to make it through the day so ideally the fast would continue may Allah make it easy now let's say someone they're trying to do that they're sincerely trying to do that and they just life happens and they find themselves just like having a migraine and it's the middle of the day and they just i mean at that point what what choice do you really have right so we 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 try to prepare as best we can and we there's option one of course we want to continue with the fast uh, but then if you know something else comes up then that has to be dealt with uh, on a case-by-case basis yeah i think the only time it will be allowed to break your fast for athletics is if you're traveling um so no you you're going to need to fast you know i i played i was actually i played for blake basketball for blake Griffin's father man you know right when i converted and um I, I would have, when I was very young, I would talk to my coach and be like, look, man, you know, I got to fast. And most of the time they were very accommodating. They would let me do things after. Um, so I think that like a, a, a kind of a strong position would be like fasting. Actually, the word of slot, slot means to stop, right? So there are certain things that we need to attack, kind of pull back away from. So I think having a conversation with your, your athletic trainer and particularly your trainer with your coach. And then even like now, like you said, Hakeem Olajuwon, even now we have like Jalen Brown, right? The greatest basketball mm-hmm. team in the face of the earth. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> um, I don't think the, I don't think the Warriors even have one Muslim on their team, but I know the Celtics have like a number of Muslims, but there is a lawyer for the, the Warriors that's Muslim. So I'll give you love, but I'm just giving, I'm just throwing shade at you, bro. But Alhamdulillah. No, um, definitely not. I'm actually a Lakers fan. I, I don't know. Oh if I Why are you here? How do we, how do we, how do we and get on here. Is the, is the signal cutting out? I think I'm losing connection. Did you kick me out of the room? <laughs> hey, so for the sake of time, we're going to do a rocket round. 
um, and that's what we're gonna like give some questions and get like answers to like sort of quickly. So we have another question from someone that's, and you can send them to me also. People are sending me questions anonymously, which I think is so cool that you feel that that trust. May Allah make that real for us both. And um, we have someone who's like really good at answering questions as Imam Bilal. So we're going to jump into like a rocket round. So if I made a mistake in Ramadan and ask for forgiveness, the person's asking, how do I know that Allah will forgive me? SubhanAllah. The, the, it's interesting that Allah describes, you know, when it comes to Tawbah, Allah loves people of Tawbah. Allah, and Allah yakubah tawabinu So the idea is to, you know, to seek forgiveness from Allah and to try to, like we, we spill milk, so to speak, all the time. So we just, we clean it up and we try to, uh, to have that positive opinion of Allah and to try to, if we need to fix it, then to look at how we need to fix it. But I think Allah is more, forgiving than we give me credit for. SubhanAllah. I think also this is why it's very important for you guys to take our essentials classes starting on May 14th because this is a question that's going to be answered in the first semester that um, the majority of theologians across the board clearly stated that any Muslim who truly repents, Allah has promised to forgive them. So if you're truly repenting, alhamdulillah, and that's why that class that we're going to start on May 14th, I think it's going to be really important for you guys. Actually, when I saw this question, I was like, oh my gosh, that actually is in our syllabus. As some, that this is an issue that we cover because sometimes, I'm sure, Bilal, you grew up like this too. Like we hear even from Christian po polemics who, who may have heard like the minority opinion, which is held by um, a certain group of people, but it's not the majority opinion that you don't know if Allah is going to forgive you, Allah can punish you, He can forgive you. They say it's from the monkey But actually we, be we believe theologically that Allah has made it obligatory on Himself to forgive the believer who repents to him, alhamdulillah. So we'll go through that in our section uh, in Aqidah. But that's a great question, man. Any other thoughts on that, Bilal, before we jump into this next question? I love the Ayah of Hope, Surah Zumar, Ayah 53. I mean, it just it emphasizes so deeply and clearly how forgiving uh, Allah is. I mean, here's a great question, and I think I struggled with this with you, bro, when you were young. My mom's asking if you have suggestions for how to keep teens and youth inside the masjid during qiyams and not outside having fun. Okay, I have, I have, I have two thoughts. One, across the board, Masajid needs to make the masjid such a cool and fun place to the point that they want to be inside. They want, like, they want to be present. They want to participate and be part of the program. Um, two, I think regarding... Like, I don't know, because they're, they're different. You have a spectrum, right? Like if, if there is a teenager who's at the masjid, let's say it's at the time of PM, um, and they're like, they're there as opposed to being, you know, somewhere else that they shouldn't be, at least they're a little bit closer, right? They're still, they're there within the proximity. They're still, they're there. And then eventually they'll make it, inside and you know things will be figured out so um i think it's, it's important to deal with people based on on who they are and, and where they're at in that journey but there there has to be a, a type of encouragement a type of motivation and to get creative you know to ask youth what would motivate you to want to go inside for tarawih for example as opposed to being outside and they might say uh you know we did this many years ago there's like a Ramadan competition. And within that, there are like different good deeds that you can do 
and then you stack up your points and there's like a really legit prize of like the new iPad or something. Um, and there, there are youth voluntarily, you know, going in for a PM and, and to hedge and this and that and serving at a lot of time. And so how can we take a step back and get creative to motivate them to want to go inside? Right. And, you know, I think what you said is so great. So the question for people who just joined, we had a few people who just jumped in and we're going to welcome everybody and give everybody huge Ramadan Mubarak's is the, the question that was asked is like, how do we keep youth from hanging out in the parking lots, right? Doing things that they, you know, maybe the parents aren't happy with, right? During the Qiyams, because we know that that happens. I think Imam Bilal's answer was really good because it centers the programming around young people. And that was like, ask the young people what could be done to keep them. And mm-hmm. I think an answer that we can't accept and as parents, we can all participate, you know, certainly, um, appreciate is that when they say like i don't know we can't accept i don't know as an answer so i love the idea of centering it around um young people and that's a really really excellent suggestion thank you imam are there any other questions uh people have alhamdulillah if you have a question we're doing this q a uh for ramadan alhamdulillah we're going to do another one towards the end of ramadan we plan to do also like one on zakat specifically for people like a special zakat program hopefully at the end of ramadan because people want to pay zakat usually in the month of ramadan but we want to do one more for young people inshallah and as i said earlier may 14th we're starting our youth programming again live going through the essentials essential foundational pieces of knowledge that every young person really needs to know and specifically we'll take you through like three pretty pretty um it's going to challenge you a little bit, you know? It's going to push you, but in a good way, inshallah. Any questions? I don't see any hands up. Let me check the chat box as well. Um, yeah, so people are just kind of talking about the scenes in the masjid. Any other questions before we... We don't want to keep the imam too long. We know he's super busy as well. Any other questions that people have? I got a question by someone who's saying that, um, like, their first year as an adult, okay? Their first year as an adult, they may have missed some of the days of Ramadan, but they weren't really sure, like, did they have to fast or not? Okay? So they're mm-hmm. asking, what should they do? You understand the question? Mm-hmm. So, like, they kind of fell into adulthood, maybe physically, mm-hmm. um, but not necessarily their, like, maturation-wise, mentally. So they may have missed some days. So they're asking, like, what, what should they do? Mm-hmm. Good. Good question. Um, that'll make things easy. Um, hmm. I think there's a an important ingredient in this situation is that there's like a little bit of whether it's a little bit of confusion or meaning it wasn't like full on intention, right? It wasn't that this is for sure the situation. This is where I'm at. I'm definitely in adulthood, and I'm intentionally gonna not fast and so if it's like unsure i think a, a good so step one i would say is to to sincerely you know turn to allah and just in case right if, if that is the case you know to ask allah for forgiveness and it, it's also i think it's really beautiful that there are these like extra credit opportunities kind of built into the son of the prophet where there's fasting mondays and thursdays the white days so on and so forth um but in terms of so that's kind of how I would think about it and process it because it's there. There's some confusion. It's you know kind of unsure regarding that. Okay, so moving forward, 
let me make the intention that I'm going to, you know, take it as seriously as I can and, and really, really try my best, put my best foot forward, moving forward. And then regarding those kind of questionable days in the past, well, if there are the six days of Shawan, for example, there are these different opportunities. And as those are taken advantage of, then we hope, inshallah, that fills in any gaps from the past bottom. Imam, any, any thoughts on your end? Here's a good, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think like we're saying is so, so profound. Like anything that's done when there's not clarity is usually a sign that you're exempted from doing it. Because like if it's not clear, I'm not sure, was I an adult? Maybe I wasn't. But what you can do to be safe is just make up those days, right? It's not going to hurt you, right? So just make up the days. So that kind of keeps you on your toes. Um, that was an awesome answer, man. Thank you. We have another question that says, what if you have things during, like, when it's time to break your fast? Like, this happens a lot when I was when I was teaching in university, right? The mm -hmm. time for Ifa would come in, and it's like, we're in a seminar. So people are asking, like, what? And I'm sure you've experienced this when you were in school. What if you have things that you're doing when it's time to break your fast, and, like, you can't reschedule those meetings and classes? What do mm -hmm. you do? What, what I would... Um, actually, I remember this happening when I used to work at sports authority back when it existed uh, and I, i'd sell shoes i worked in footwear and so what i did was before ramadan came uh, i spoke to the manager and i said hey this is the situation this is what's coming up just to make them aware and then so i said like when and i, I had to explain of course what ramadan is no not even water um and so i, I asked like if possible can i have you know, like earlier shifts, sometimes they accommodated that, sometimes they couldn't. So on the days that they couldn't, and I can't just randomly, you know, take my lunch break whenever I want. So um, step one, what I did was to, to give them a heads up. So if someone, if, if they're taking a class, if they're, obviously it's different between teaching a class or taking a class, um, but it, it often helps to, to give someone a heads up, whoever would need to know, uh, and then to have something small with you, if it's, you know, some water, some dates, uh, and a lot of other maybe to mention to the professor, like, hey, you know, when, when this time comes in, uh, is it okay with you if I just step outside? They're probably going to be accommodating. There's a very good chance they're going to be kind and accommodating. But just to give them a heads up out of respect. To, and then if they're okay with it, which inshallah they will be, to step outside, have some water, have some dates. You got to put another, whatever is needed for that situation. And then after that finishes, then you kind of catch up on missed calories <laughs> and hydration. Yeah, yeah. You know what I used to do when I was in school? Um, I think there's also another part of this question, too, maybe about joining prayers. Like, they may not be able to go out and pray Maghrib, right, um, as well. Um, I used to take, like, some dates with me, and then I always tell my professor or my teacher, like, hey, during class, you may see me eating something because I'm fasting. And then, alhamdulillah, now pretty much you can go anywhere with some bottle, a bottle of water, like, no one says anything about it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and if a person needs to join the prayers, no situation we know that the Marikis and the Hanabila particular too, like really, we're going to learn this again. We would learn this issue in our foundations of Islam class for youth. This actual questions in also the syllabus um, for the second semester on worship, that there are certain times when it's allowed to join your prayers as long as it's not consistent. And this is one of those examples. So Alhamdulillah, I'm glad you guys are asking questions that I'm able to conveniently go and pull back from the syllabus. I know they're there. And then use that to encourage you May 14th, we'll be starting our Foundations of Islam for Young People, three Foundations of Islam that you have to know. Emergent adults and young adults, 
It's like a really, it's going to be a really nice class, inshallah. Any other questions or thoughts? Do you have anything you want to add to that, Ima, before I look and see if there's other questions? I, I think that kind of sums it up, but okay for, I think it's a, uh, an excellent point to mention, right? There are some situations when, subhanAllah, Islam is, is so beautiful and how like there are these different accommodations at certain times and certain circumstances, you know, for, for people with, like if there's difficulty, then there's something on the other side to kind of facilitate things, generally speaking, to make it easier, right? Islam is supposed to be uh, a practical, faith that we practice day to day and in our day to day life there are ups and downs and life happens so alhamdulillah there are these like tools and mechanisms in place to so we can respond appropriately right here's a question that i, I was waiting to see and alhamdulillah I'm, I'm thankful people are starting to ask questions can we watch movies and listen to music uh like if they're halal like if they're halal movies and halal music but this person is 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 following the opinion that there's halal types of music, and there's of course halal types of movies. Mm-hmm. So they're specifically within the context of fasting, they're asking, is that allowed? So good question. That so you clarified, does that go okay the first question? Well, what what kind of what kind of movies, what kind of music, right? Because as usual, you have a spectrum. So within within that context, um, can they? Sure, right. I think a lot of it has to do with. Um, even if something is is okay, right? Like if someone if they're taking a class and if they they can they can pass it, they can get a B. Alhamdulillah, that's great, that's fine, right? But there, when there's this like the the intention, um, you know, for uh, for extend, what I what comes to mind is okay if someone is going to watch like whatever movie or listen to to whatever music, obviously within you know these uh, the realm of of permissibility um let's say that's on one side on the other side how is my quran doing meaning is it in place of quran time or can i find a way to balance both right the 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 important thing the primary thing i would say is for that quran time whatever it is everyone is different let's say it's like five minutes a day and for someone that's like that's where they're at that's what they can do consistently so I would focus on keeping that primary and then if they watch movies or you know listen to music whatever if it happens or if it doesn't that's more secondary right so there's like the foundation and then um and then there's other than that um, any thoughts on your initiative now i think it, i mean if it's permissible it's permissible um the person asking also now they're asking that she heard that it takes away from the reward of fasting um, so what's permissible is not going to take away from the reward of fasting, unless like you're, you're allowing that thing to waste time. But sometimes of course, we may be tired, we may be exhausted. You can even watch like positive things. You can watch like, there's a lot of really good historic Muslim like docu-series on now, like during the month of Ramadan, like the Musa Salat, yani. but there's like actually like, good ones, um, that you can at least make it something learning and worthwhile also, or just like you may just need to break and relax. It's not an issue. But I think also we could say the same thing for video games. Like people probably spend more times on video games and wasting like time from Ramadan than that. I'm, I'm not saying don't play video games, but I'm saying like we don't want to be wasting time. Sometimes in the beginning of the month of Ramadan, because our body's still kind of getting used to it, we're exhausted and we're tired and we need to lay down. We need to take a break. I get it. So I'm not really worried about it as long as it's not like wasting a lot of time that may be an issue and the, the best gauge if, if you're wasting time is yourself like you can ask yourself that and then also like your parents or your spouse or whoever um 
we have some other people that jumped in. So we're taking questions from people now. Alhamdulillah, Imam Bilal with us. It's like awesome. We have a few minutes left because um, we don't want to keep people too long. And again, our youth programs are starting. I keep saying it, but I'm saying it because it's important. Uh, on May 14th, we'll start our foundations of like knowledge related to young people, three sort of tracks. The first track will be theology. Today, two of the questions that you ask are in that curriculum. I know that I know exactly where it's at. And then the second will be how do we worship issues related to purification and prayer. And I think there was a question today rooted in that. And then the third would be related to purification of the heart. So we'll be starting on May 14th. Look for the Google Classroom to jump out soon and information to be on the app. Any other questions? I know it's probably cold where the Imam's at, alhamdulillah. Um, but are there any uh, other questions before we let people go? Um, here's a question. My question is, who deserves our charity, institutions of learning, beneficial knowledge as Sadaqah Jariya, or someone who you know who's suffering from cancer, but you have given them some money already? Jazakallah khair for your time. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless all of us with the best here and in the hereafter. So the question is, like, is it better for them to give to say, there are, like, Swiss, we don't take zakat, but there are, of course, institutions of learning that do. Um, so she's asking, is it better to give to those institutions or and we ask a lot to protect and cure people who are suffering with cancer. Uh, a lot of Muslims go through it during the month of Ramadan to um, give to someone who's suffering from cancer. Yeah, that'll make things easy for anyone struggling with that. Have I heal them and make things easy for them and for their family members, for their loved ones. I think it, a lot of them, but I, I feel like it kind of depends on the specific circumstances of that person, right? So if there's someone, you know, who, who would be, who's like really close to them, and if they're like embarking on this journey to become a student of knowledge and they feel like, hey, I think there's, I think this would be the, the like best place to kind of allocate that. On the other hand, I mean, they're, they're one of the objectives, of course, of, uh, of Sharia is to preserve life, right? So I think it, a lot of it, a lot of them, I think a lot of it is circumstantial and within that person's heart, what do they kind of lean towards? I don't, personally, I don't necessarily see this as like a one size fits all, like for sure, this first, that second, that third, I think it just depends on the person and, and what they feel most inclined towards. Because it's a good intention either way in all these situations. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and you know, like, you, what you said is really, really important. Like if that person that is suffering from cancer is like financially struggling, right? Then sure, you should support them. Um, if they're in a situation where they need, the, the cost of cancer can be really, really exuberant. Um, mm -hmm. They may have the financial means. There may be no one else to support them and help them then. Hey, we want to take care of the preservation of life before everything else. We have another question, and that is, I'm part of the Sunrise Movement, a youth climate organization, and there is a corrupt mayor in the city we work in, and she is Muslim. Oh, wow. Her name is, okay, I'm not going to say a lady's name. Do you know anything I could tell her to specifically make her worried about how her actions will affect her in the afterlife? Like a really scary hadith. <laughs> She said a really scary hadith. I've never heard. That's so cool. That's such a good way to describe a hadith. So I know who asked this question. She's like an amazing sister, alhamdulillah. So if that person, you get in contact with me, actually know the person that you're asking about, 
and let's work out a way that we can try to get in conversation with her. I will try my best to facilitate a conversation with that mayor. All right. Someone's asking, how can we support Swiss if Swiss isn't a nonprofit because they're really enjoying the program? We do have a scholarship program that you can support for $9.99 a month. SubhanAllah. We have that program. So if you go on the app and you click scholarships, you can support people. Mashallah, just this last week. I didn't tell anybody about it, but there was a girl, uh, second day of Ramadan, a 19-year-old girl contacting me from overseas, man, lives in a largely non-Muslim population and like secretly accepted Islam. She's one of our students, right? So that's the kind of people that you will be supporting to have scholarships. One of the things that we did with Swiss and making it mobile, so to speak, is that I actually know in the early part of my Islam, Imam, I had to hide my Islam from my family. So like learning, I couldn't, back then we didn't, we had internet, but it wasn't like it is now. Like I couldn't learn publicly. So if I had a phone and an app back then, I would have been able to learn. So we have like, we have, somehow we had a sister in Gujarat, man, who also became Muslim. She's like in the middle of the Hindu visa stuff and she, she does our courses. So you want to help support Swiss, alhamdulillah, let other people know, encourage people to sign up. But then also you can, you can support our scholarship program for $9.99 a month or more, whatever you want to do. Alhamdulillah. Um, uh, we have a question from someone saying, my question, if someone... If someone that really experienced something really traumatic asked, was my pain a part of Allah's plan? How do I respond? Wow, subhanAllah. That, that's, that's a very heavy question. It's crazy. That's actually something that we teach in the first semester um, through our essentials of like our foundation's youth programming. Something that we actually teach is the problem of suffering. Like how do you how do you locate suffering and how do you push into suffering in a way that it can be ultimately emancipating and re, a sense of recovery? So the question that they're asking didn't mean to jump in. Just I, again, it's interesting, man. I'm happy seeing these questions, and I know this is one of the things. Like we're going to be teaching this. We're going to be teaching this. And we're going to also do this program for adults. Alhamdulillah. Um, of course, in a, in a little bit of a different style, uh, with some guest imams and shuk, inshallah. We hope Imam Bilal will come through. But the question is, the person has obviously gone through some serious trauma. And, and I think it's very important. I don't like it when people dismiss their trauma and say, oh, you know, just be happy with what Allah planned. Like, that's, that's like dismissive. But they're saying, like, how do they explain to people that this was Allah's plan? And, and is that how they should explain it? The way that I responded to the, like, in real-life scenarios to these types of questions or issues that come up is um, to kind of break things down of course there, there's for sure there's you just mentioned it there's this uh there's so much importance in invalidation right active listening being present not telling people not like how are you going to guilt trip the victim of something it doesn't it doesn't make any sense that's like where's the hikmah in that Where, where's the wisdom where's the mercy like um there, there needs to be you know a deeper sense of compassion and a higher higher sense of EQ, right? Emotional intelligence. Oh. I think the way that I've responded to these types of questions is if, if things are looked at in terms of like hierarchy of needs, priority number one is is what's needed for healing, right? What's needed for healing? Um, it could be talk therapy. It could be like what's needed for the person to, to work on healing regarding that journey as a person, 
not even specifically as a Muslim, just as a person, what's needed to heal, work on that first and foremost. So it's like it's like triaging the situation in the emergency room, right? You don't like not everything is is the same. What's most important has to be dealt with first. So I would say that you know therapy, healing, what's needed to embark on that journey of healing as a person. And then later on to kind of unpack maybe the religious side of things. For sure, there's that importance, there's that that relevance to that discussion. But um, I kind of break it down in that way. And, and when it does come to the religious side of things, I'm actually really alhamdulillah, I'm really thankful that um, that this, as well as the other things, are contained within this was curriculum. Uh, because someone is going to go through it, they're going to watch it, they're going to listen to it, benefit from it, and then they're going to share with people they know in real life, and then also refer other people to come and and, and check it out. Um, I just think it's, like you said, it's important to not, you can't put the onus on on the victim and to kind of, so there has to be a lot of a lot of care in how to unpack it and to kind of right. uh, break it apart. I think one of the things that we talk about in, in uh, this first semester for our program for young people is that there is a difference between being pleased with the Qadr and being pleased with the Maqdur. And I think this is where sometimes Muslims get lost in the woods, that they think that those are two of the same things. And what I mean by that is that people say, well, you have to be pleased with this. This is God's plan. No, you don't. And I want everyone to listen to this very clearly because this is, this is why we study theology. One of the reasons that we study theology is to be challenged. Theology is going to challenge popular notions of accepted ignorance, right? So oftentimes we see things that are popular. Auto-tune is popular, but auto-tune is not good music, right? We see things that are popular, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're correct. And one of the things we find, Imam Ibn Hajar actually wrote a book on famous statements of attributed to the prophet that are absolutely fabricated, but the public believes are true. So this is one of those kind of things that, you tend to find people believe like you have to be pleased with God's plan. No, you don't. In the Quran, it's very clear that we have to be pleased with God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as the one who decrees all things. And definitely everything is from his plan. Good, evil, pain, suffering, success, failure. The Quran says. At the same time, we are free to either be angry with what is decreed in front of us or not. For example, should we be happy when someone commits kufr? Should we say, oh, that's God's plan. I have to be pleased with it. Of course not. That would actually be haram. Should we be happy when we see people be doing sin? Should we say, oh, well, that's God's plan. I have to be pleased with it. In fact, as we'll talk about, and there's layers to this in our class, that there are times when we are commanded to be angry at what we see being decreed. And that's what it means to worship Allah as though you see him, even though you don't see him. Because I'm seeing all this in front of me, but I oppose that because the command tells me to oppose it. So if someone has been traumatized, and this is one of the worst things I've ever seen victims told, is that they should not look for justice, that they should not look to heal, that they should not look to right the wrong that was done to them because they should be pleased with God's plan. This is a mistake. Actually goes against the foundations of theology. And so that's why the prophet, peace be upon him, we find him acting against things, opposing God's decree, if you will, based on God's ruling. So for Muslims, we're not moral relativists, right? We're scriptural relativists. And what that means is what the scripture tells us we find pleasure in, what the scripture tells us we dislike. So there's a difference between being pleased with 
the one who decrees all things is Allah. We trust him. Whatever he has decreed, good and bad, it's hard. It can be difficult. At the same time, we are actually commanded at times to be pleased with what he's decreed for us and to be angry or upset or even to question what has been decreed for us. Wabillahi tawfiq. I know it's a big answer, but I can't wait for our class. The class is going to be good, man. And this is one of the issues that we discussed. There are a few more questions, man. I'm trying to see here. Shall Miriam, you can contact me by email and you and I can, can chat and talk about that question because that's a great question. And I appreciate you like being brave and stepping up to the plate. Yeah, just, just hit me up on, on email and we'll, we'll discuss it. Are there any other questions? Anyone want to raise their hand and ask questions? We're happy to uh, jump in. Bilal, man, sorry, man, we kept you longer than we promised. Please. <laughs> it's okay. Be pleased with what Allah has decreed, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very pleased with the the cold weather of the Swiss Alps. You know, it's 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 uh it's refreshing. I'm trying to look at the positive side. I like the I like that you got that Swiss mascot going on behind you, mashallah. So everyone, <laughs> we will do another Q and A uh, probably in the next week or so. Want to encourage everyone to come, Imam. Uh, really grateful and thankful that you came and shared your knowledge, Alhamdulillah, in time. Time is a, is a certainly an important thing. And again, we're starting May 14th, our youth programs, as well as our other live courses. We have our reading Arabic class with Ustaz Iman Adi, Ustaz Iman Adi, which is like amazing. She wrote three books. She's like the best Arabic teacher, man. And then also we have the names of Allah subhanahu wa class, starting with Dr. Jinan on April 23rd and some other programming coming. Barakallahu feekum, everybody. Imam Bilal, any final words? Jazakul khair. May, may Allah bless uh, your efforts. May Allah bless the Swiss team. May Allah, uh, you know, continue to cause it to grow and expand. One thing that I really appreciate about Swiss is that there's this, uh, this really beautiful balance uh, that's really needed, right, between how do you balance culture and religion? How do you balance this with that? How do you, so there's this really nice, healthy middle path from the Rida. Um, so big shout out to, to yourself, to Swiss, may Allah cause it to, to grow more than we could have ever imagined and, and make it the azhar of the West. I mean, um, I want to conclude with this, this concept. I think it'd be really cool if someone made like really awesome artwork with these concepts in mind. Uh, it, it's really succinct, but it, it just, it helps us to, to, to navigate how we understand a lot of different things within our deen. Ibn Qayyim, a uh, great scholar, may Allah mercy on him, he said that all of Islam, he mentioned these four things, right? Is justice, wisdom, mercy, and benefit. So think of like four corners and it like, it has to be within these, these parameters, right? So uh, just something to, to kind of keep in mind in the back of our minds when, uh, of course, there, there has to be like more in-depth study and learning. That's where Swiss comes in. Um, but just something like in the back of our minds, because it, it's really... It really troubles me when people go, they put the, the onus on the victim and hold on, what, what about justice, right? What about mercy? What about wisdom? What about benefit? How do I understand this specific scenario within those broader concepts? Uh, so may Allah make it easy for us to learn more about our deen and the more, the more we learn about Islam and the more empowered we become and the more things make sense when we're not. 
So I have a question here quickly. It's directed actually to me. My niece is here with me. She is 13. That's so cool, man. Mashallah. What an aunt. Um, and she has only one surah left to finish memorizing the whole Quran. Mashallah. What advice would you give her to sustain the inclination to keep it going after memorizing spiritually and mentally and hip-wise? What was that? Was that question directed for you, Shekhar? Yeah, well, I was just throwing it to you as well. Like I'm sure you've you've been through this, man. So mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I'm sure. That, no, actually, it's an open question. My niece is here with me. She is 13. She has one sword left to finish memorization of Quran, which is so cool. Congratulations. What advice would you give her to keep sustaining the inclination to keep it going, meaning her review, maraja'a, and all the other things needed to maintain her memorization? SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Uh, oh, you know, speaking of Jalen Brown and other athletes, there's this concept of falling in love with the process. Right, falling in love with the preparation, falling in love with, it's not just about the highlight or the game, but all the other stuff behind the scenes. So when uh, when it comes to Quran, Quran is like, um, it's like this incredible friend, right? And the more time you spend with it, the more you get to know this friend. And the more you get to know, you know, a friend, like in terms of people, then the closer that relationship becomes and the more you learn about them over time and Maybe they confide in you and they share more secrets with you, for example. So the more a person continues that journey with the Quran, the more they love that process and they maintain, you know, that consistency as best they can. Um, then they're they're just they're going to be uh, unique ayahs that speak to them uh, based on what they're going through, right? But so long as they remain consistent, then through that consistency, then Allah will show them different things. Allah will heal them in different ways. Allah will guide them in different ways. So it, it's it's definitely not something static. It's a it's a dynamic relationship that continues um, to give, you know, as we uh, spend time with the Quran. Yeah, I think one thing good. Also, we're going to be starting a sisters Tajweed class with an expert in Tajweed. Uh, she's a sister from Syria, uh, actually Lebanon, um, starting in the spring. Alhamdulillah. So I want to encourage people to look for that, especially women. She's like. It's, it's for women only, but she's like a master, man, uh, alhamdulillah, of the of reading. And she's like super amazing person, alhamdulillah. I, I don't want to blow it up too much, but she's awesome. So the other thing for your niece is I think you want to make sure she's around the right environment, but you have to find the balance between it being something that inspires her and something that makes her feel overly guilty. And a lot of times what happens when I finish the Quran, I memorize the Quran, alhamdulillah, in two years, is that even though I didn't have Muslim family, like Muslims around me will make me feel really bad. Uh, and I'm like, but you didn't even memorize it. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know how hard it is to keep, right? It's not easy to keep it. So I think there has to be sort of thinking more about motivation and encouragement instead of things that like using guilt as a motivator. Because I, in my own experience when I was young, it was like, it was very counterproductive. The second thing is I would encourage her to take our classes at Swiss on our Tajweed section. We have like a very robust, what like I'm, it's one of the things I'm actually proud of at Swiss, like teaching different qira'at with ijazah, teaching a higher level of like reading hafs correctly with the correct tariq, and then taking the class with our ustaza, which will start uh, in a few months. I think just keeping things fresh, right? But not overburdening her. She's only 13, but just here and there, keeping her excited. Um, I think that's going to be awesome. Barakallahu feek, man. We cannot thank you enough. Can you close this out with a quick dua, inshallah? 
We ask Allah to, to make it easy for us to continue to benefit from these types of discussions. We ask Allah to make it easy for us to continue to learn more about our faith as best we can. We ask Allah to bless Swiss. We ask Allah to bless our teacher, Imam Suhaib, and the team supporting Swiss. We ask Allah to bless each and every subscriber to Swiss, each and every supporter. We ask Allah to answer our du'as this Ramadan. We ask Allah to open doors for all of us. We ask Allah for healing from any pain. We ask Allah to turn any challenge that we're facing into, into ease. We ask Allah to turn any difficulty that we're facing into ease. We ask Allah to facilitate things for all of us. We ask Allah for his light and dislike in the next. I mean, I mean, again, we'll be doing this again potentially next week for all community members. And we're looking to bring, we have a really good teacher who is specialist in zakat to do like a quick zakat workshop for people who are interested as well. Thank you, Imam. It was a pleasure uh, having you and we really enjoyed you. We love you. We have nothing but great respect for you. And thank you to everybody else. Have a wonderful rest of the day of Ramadan. If you still got some time left and keep us in your du'as and please let other people know on your social media. If you're enjoying Swiss, encourage them to sign up. Also, I forgot a lot of things, man. If you haven't updated the app, the new version of the app is out. You need to update now. We rebuilt the app completely. It's a long story. And look for our new web interface to be out in mid-April. We look forward to seeing you guys then. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.